everyone, and welcome back to Loud. I'm your host, Natalia Vargas, and we're back for another beautiful episode. I'm here once again to make you laugh, to make you cry, and sometimes panic and question your whole entire life just for fucking fun. Life update as always, because that's how I like to start. My house is a fucking mess. Um, I still need to buy shit to put my shit into. <laughs> no one told me how fun this part would be. Um, but it's a stress of my own doing. On to much more exciting news. It is Halloween week, baby. It is the best week of the year. And if you haven't heard my Halloween episode, um, what are you doing? What are you doing? Press play and you have to go enjoy some fucking spooky stories. Because if not now, when? So today, we are going to talk about something almost, almost just as spooky as Halloween, which is something that a lot of us are experiencing, which is a lovely quarter-life crisis. You know, not a midlife crisis because for us millennials, anxiety takes over our bodies just as fast as the ethernet in the internet took over the world by storm. So we all got our fucking crisis ahead of time. Much like the internet, this anxiety and crisis continues to grow and grow and grow. And sure, anxiety can be a great thing sometimes because it can push us, you know, to like do more and like hustle. But anxiety, like the internet, you know, when you have too much of it, it can lead us to very, very, very dark places. <laughs> it's like when you scroll a little too hard on Pornhub to find the perfect video. Um, yeah, it can get weird. <laughs> so don't do that. I promise you the content on page two might be the same as the content on page 27. Not speaking from experience, obviously. <laughs> um, and I digress. So yes, today we are going to talk about this because I'm the poster child for it. Actually, no, I'm the fucking poster adult. TikTok, TikTok, which is even scarier because I ain't no child. Um, I wish I was. That'd be ideal. I had no worries back then. And that's the thing with like a quarter life crisis. Even when you appear like you have your shit together, you are in fact questioning every single fucking choice. <laughs> So, you know, let me break it down, you know, give a couple examples of where you might be, you know, just to show you that we're in it together because we're all out here freaking out. You know, let me start with the first scenario, the location that you live. I, I lived in San Diego, which for a lot of people, it's a dream destination, you know. And at first, San Diego and I had a very hot and steamy relationship. But, you know, as time went on, not gonna lie, I started to be a fucking Grinch. I started to wake up in the mornings and be like, oh my god, look at the stupid sun, look at the stupid sunshine. Like, <laughs> you know, I would just like, oh, you know, like the beautiful salty ocean smell, like repulsive. Ugh, like another surfer boy, like how iconic. Like, <laughs> I was just a very grumpy little girl. Uh, and I know, I know, I know, when you live in San Diego, bitches be like, why live anywhere else? It's the best. OB life. Like, yes, like Pacific Beach. Like, I got it. Like, a very privileged struggle. Like, <laughs> but there's something about doing the same old, same old. Uh, and sometimes we just, like, need change in our lives. And it just might not be the location. Like, I was just having a core life crisis because, you know, I just, I honestly, like, I had no family there. And I just started to feel a little bit disconnected. Like, I feel like people's happiness and level of happiness to that place was not the same as mine. And, like, I just started to feel a little bit off. Like, okay, well, why are these people so fucking excited? And, like, I'm not. 
And why is that, you know? There's something to be said, too, about my mental state. When your head, you know, is all fucked up, when your head is all fucked up, pretty much it doesn't matter where you live. Like, you can be in fucking paradise and it'll still be a little bit off and a little bit weird. So essentially, like for me at least, for this part of my quarter life crisis and location, which a lot of people experience because we feel like a certain location makes us feel like we're in a run, you know? And when the space isn't right, like you just feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, and it's just not right anymore. And there's something to that. And it's ironic too, because, you know, everything I thought I would like, including living in San Diego by the beach, like, you know, hashtag like American dream as fuck. I just like didn't like. And it's ironic too, because everything I thought I would like, which is, you know, a dream of mine when I was younger was living by the beach. San Diego seemed like the perfect destination to do it. That just quickly changed. And that's just, I guess that's just life, you know? And just like with anything that I thought would make me happy, you know, I think questioning can be good. If you don't question where you are, like maybe you're being complacent and it's important to sometimes like take a look. And ain't that a treat? (laughs) You know, so the city I thought I would die in was no longer the place. Will I move again? Will I stay in Arizona? I honestly don't know. Opportunities present themselves when you are open. And some of these can change your life forever. Life is a lot like gambling in a way, except that you get many, many tries, kind of like a raffle. You know, if you shake up the tickets over and over and over, your name is bound to be called at some point. And in life, sometimes, you know, you either have to draw a lot or put your names in multiple raffles so you can win. And that includes, you know, the place that you need to live. Maybe you need to try different places to see where you fit in the most. And look, I hate a gamble. I hate it. Why? Because I'm fucking impulsive and I sometimes can overdo things and I get a little too confident. (laughs) Kind of like a night of drinking, you know? I'm like, next bar, another drink, woo, more party, more this, more that. (laughs) But hey, look, even in a night like that, sometimes you get lucky, but not every bender, (laughs) you know, ends up that way. It just takes doing it a couple of times for you to get lucky here and there. (sighs) But you know, on to the next thing, which is the career. This is where a lot of people are having the most crisis and the most freakouts. And at least I'm seeing that a lot of people in their late 20s and, you know, even mid 30s, fuck it, even fucking 40s. You know what? There's no eight limitation for this, but let's stick to the quarter life crisis because I like the name. <laughs> let's talk about it. You know, at least 50% of us are experiencing this and freaking out of our careers. Look, my ass, for example, has been working for science for years. And for someone that's been in my field for as long as I have, the natural next step was to get a master's, you know, or a PhD and be cool like that. So like a good little girl that follows everything in her life the proper way and takes all the right steps, (laughs) I applied to a lot of schools. You know, I had amazing letters of rec, great work, publication in nature, professors that said that they wanted to work with me um and honestly like I was like bitch I'm ready like (laughs) and look I go into everything in my life with that white man's confidence what I mean by that (laughs) is that I go into everything whether I'm fucking qualified or not (laughs) you know I get into things feeling like I belong and like I deserve those things and it works honestly you should try it (laughs) There's something about that fuck it mentality that really helps me manifest wonders in my life. And this would honestly be in my bio, like 5'2 with 5'7 energy and an add-on Peruvian girl with white man confidence because I just do. You know, and I had all this white man confidence. I fucking killed it. 
uh, and they let me absolutely nowhere. <laughs> um, big slap in the face. I was like, what the fuck? Um, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and I laughed, but really I'm crying inside. And, you know, to an extent, like, I am glad. I didn't tell anyone that I applied. Like, I really pretty much kept it to myself for the most part. And, you know, processing was a really dark time. It wasn't the best. Um, but it wouldn't have helped if I had to go around telling people that I didn't even get an interview. Which uh, really sucked. And talk about a quarter-life crisis. Because <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck do I do next? <laughs> and I remember, like, leading up to this, like, you know... As you get one rejection and then another, and then you're waiting for a callback for something, that anxiety and like I still had that hope that you know it would work out somehow. That like you know I would get beat down, not get into X Y Z, but like you know at the very end, like I'll get off a waitlist or something cool will happen and <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, but that is life, and that is a lesson that apparently I needed to have. <laughs> And so many people are experiencing this, you know, whether it be like not getting into grad school or, you know, that feeling of like not being where you thought you would be at this life. Like I thought I would be like in a master's already or getting into one, writing a thesis that was, I don't know, going to change the scientific community in the best way possible. Uh, probably have a boyfriend. That'd be sick. <laughs> you know, like have a house. And look, I have at least one of those things. Thank fucking God. Otherwise, I don't even know. <laughs> but career-wise I just like I'm not where I thought I would be because I thought I would be in grad school um but you know not getting in definitely taught me after of course I had to process it because I was in a, in a little dark spot for a minute um <laughs> I had to rewire my brain to like you know number one accept it and number two be open to a world without it and know that success has many different paths and look I get it is a hard pill to fucking swallow. Trust me, I wish it was on this side of the story telling you, I got in, but if you didn't, it's okay. Because <laughs> don't we fucking hate those people? Uh, <laughs> it's like, um, excuse me, you have it together. You have no right to tell me it's okay because you don't understand this pain. But on the bright side, I get to tell you from the shitty perspective. And I fucking really hope that this has a purpose for it. And I know it does. Um, there's this girl called Mystic Michaela, which is like a spiritual goddess, basically. And she actually calls this an ego death. You know, it's basically when the one thing you identify with, something that you're really good at, you know, something that you've been thriving in, and suddenly is kind of like taken away from you. So for me, it's, you know, science this, science that. And now it's being taken away from me by not giving me the next step, you know, not allowing me to go to grad school. But this ego death, you know, this thing being, quote unquote, what it feels like being taken away from you is actually meant for you to do the work and to, in a sense, like be awakened. Sometimes we hold on to things that identify us, or at least we think they do. And we get blinded by that. And we can also get blinded by what our path is really supposed to be. And look, science is something I loved and have loved for a very long time. And not getting in when I did the work. And hypothetically speaking, you know, I think I should have gotten in. And it's not just because of my white mind confidence, because I felt like I had the qualifications. You know, I got my essay checked by everybody and their mom, my professors, emailed follow-up departments. Like, what didn't I do? <laughs> I just did absolutely everything I could have done, I think. Uh, and it's hard not to compare. But the reality is that, you know, even when people, the quote-unquote, have it together... You just don't know. People could hate their jobs. They could be questioning the relationships, where they are, 
or they could be just fine. I don't know. <laughs> but this is the thing is like, you don't know. But when you're creating an expectation to match their timeline, this is kind of setting yourself up for, for failure. This ego death is sometimes meant to open a door for something else. Look, girl, I don't know what door this is, and I'm hoping this door presents itself real soon because sometimes it fucking hurts. <laughs> but you have to believe that that's what it is. Especially, I think, when you did everything you possibly could have, you know? And people are like, mm, but did you Nutella? I feel like I did, you know? And I'm really proud of how much work I invested in this and everything I did to prepare for it. So I have no regrets on that aspect. And which is, that's one of the reason why I worked really hard to try and get in is because I was like, if I don't get in, if something doesn't work out, I want to know that I did everything I possibly could have. So here I am, you know, not in grad school and like, that's okay. And I'm already starting to see the reasons why, you know, I didn't get in, you know, due to personal reasons and like the way that my life is taking turns. Um, But I get it, you know, it's scary and it's painful and it's disappointing. And here I am, you know, trying podcasting, being more consistent with and giving comedy a shot because why the fuck not? I only have one life. (laughs) And I know what you're thinking, you know, if you love it so much, if you love science so much, why don't you try again? But part of me was like, you know what? Why don't I take this as a sign to explore other worlds and see what other doors um, I could that could be available to me? And look, I've said this before, the classic advice, you know, if you fail, like get up, get back up and do the shit again, like whatever. But you know, sometimes when you fail at something and you get a sense of relief and not because you're afraid to do that thing you accomplished, right? That's a different story. That's a, almost like a fear of success. But when you feel a sense of relief that maybe something wasn't authentic to you and you were pursuing it anyways, that's kind of what I felt, which was really interesting because usually that means, you know, I think that you should take it or at least, you know, think it over for a while that maybe something is not meant for you and not in like a, you're a fucking loser way, but, right? It, as an opportunity rather to reevaluate, you know, and why not? Like if this is an opportunity to like, think about life over and see what other possibilities could be available to you, why not try it out? Usually, like, when I don't get something, it fuels this, like, thing inside me and, like, it screams at me to, like, try again, like, never give up. But this time, you know, my little woman, my intuition told me that it's okay. Hence the panic because uh, (laughs) my resume is literally, like, seven, eight years of research. uh, So, you know, here we are. (laughs) And look, I feel you, but... At the very least, the one thing that I have that comforts me is this feeling that the world is kind of like wide open. And look, it makes me want to throw up because I just don't know where my life is going. Maybe I stay in science, maybe I don't. The, You know, and the thing is, with anything, including a career, it just kind of should be like a marriage. You know, you have to choose your partner, your career every day. It's okay to stay and work on it, but it's also sometimes okay to let go. And it's okay to totally have doubts in between. You're allowed that space for yourself and forgive yourself, you know, for giving yourself that space. And it's okay to not be sure. And look, I don't know. This journey is very anxiety-inducing because I have no idea why not getting in. And I have no idea what the purpose was for not getting in and what I'm supposed to explore. If I'm supposed to explore, who knows? But giving yourself a space... And having this core life crisis might just lead you to something amazing. Next thing I wanted to talk about was a TED Talk by Adam Smiley. How cute. <laughs> he gives tips on how to navigate your core life crisis. 
and use an example of classic hating your job. And he says that, you know, he would hear his alarm every day. He literally felt like he wanted to die. And then, you know, he had a dream of writing a book and supporting companies to support innovation tech people need. And he gives tips on what to do when you're in at these crossroads. Number one, he says to find believers. You know, find someone that's going to keep you accountable. Like, hey, did you quit your job? Hey, are you, Natalia, are you podcasting every week like you said you would? You know, number two, create your own path, something that has meaning to you, something that's going to give you purpose every day. And that can look different for everybody else. You know, I can believe in the cause of homelessness. I can believe in the cause of tech. I can believe in supporting uh, women with trauma. I don't know. It just, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be the smarter thing, right? Like Mother Teresa, like it can be something as simple as like, hey, I want to do comedy and make people laugh because that fills me up. You have to find your purpose and something that's authentic to you. And number three, he says that you have to hustle. You have to work with this purpose. And he shares the story of now how he YOLO'd, fuck it, I quit my job, fuck corporate America, and I moved on. No, 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 no. He talks about actually how, how he had to hustle way more than he ever has in his life. He had to have four jobs so that he could support to write his book and he had to be broke for a while. And you know, a lot of CEOs of amazing companies had to work their nine to five to build their businesses. Like I would love to go on a retreat and fix my soul, but I can't. The reality is that mama needs money, mama needs to survive. And that's normal, right? Like most of us are in that position. In this transitional period, you just might have to work harder than anybody else. And something else he gave advice to, he said, make the ask, which I thought was really amazing. That means like asking people and identifying as a one thing you want to be. So for example, for me, like I, I podcast, right? So then I, when I meet people, I have to be like, hey, I'm a podcaster. You could use someone like me. Hey, I would love to speak at XYZ event. So like asking people just doesn't hurt and it's so important. And he tells a story about, you know, the times that he was broke as hell writing his book and he meets this little like designer on the street, like on his bike. And he's like, dude, like, hey, bro, like, what's up? And then he's like, what the fuck? I don't know you. <laughs> um, and then he was like, hey, like, I'm a designer. Like, do you think you need a designer in your life? He was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm writing a book. Like, I could use a designer. Sure. And then he tells him how, like, you know what, like, I actually need work to stay in the U.S. Otherwise, I have to go back to Spain. So he was like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, yeah, I can use help in my book. But, like, I'll also post for you and say, like, hey, does anyone need a designer? And so he did. And, you know, by making that post, this guy that he met on the street got a job with a company of four people. Months later, this guy comes back and he's like, hey, like, let me take you out to lunch anywhere you want. And he's like, okay, yeah, free lunch. Say less. <laughs> um. And then he tells them that the company that literally only had four people and where he was the lead designer in actually just got bought out by Yahoo for $80 million. And he's like, bro, you changed my life. <laughs> and this is literally a motherfucker that I ask. I'm all a motherfucker on the street. Sometimes asking can literally change your life. So he concludes the tech talk, you know, by saying, don't climb the ladder, the career ladder to nowhere because the stakes are too damn high. And that's the point. You have to climb up in your life. And that includes having a quarter life crisis with purpose and feeling authentic, you know, hopefully at mostly every point of it. Like, look, for example, for me, I was applying to school because that's what I had to do. That was the next step up the ladder, right? 
But what if we're not meant to climb ladders? What if we're meant to fucking fly, bitch? What if we are meant to fly and you just have been climbing a ladder for no reason? So in conclusion, it's okay to have a quarter-leg crisis. It's okay to not be okay, right? We all fucking love saying that. <laughs> it's normal to compare, you know? We're at an age where people are getting engaged, people are getting married, people are having kids. Some people are confused as shit like I am. <laughs> Some people are wrapping up grad school, becoming doctors and lawyers and all this cool shit. And yeah, it all appears great, but... If it's not authentic to you, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. And you have no idea what's going on in their life. But it's, once again, really easy to compare. The point is that it's okay to not know. And it's okay as long as you always keep working. And you keep working towards something that is going to be meant for you. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what it is for me, honestly. And I hope that and I hope that I'm podcasting about this sooner rather than later. <laughs> or maybe it won't happen that way about how I figured it all out and I am where I need to be. But, you know, having a core life has, is true for all of us. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. So that concludes my podcast on the core life crisis. I think oh, we're all experiencing it, whether it be the place that you live in, the career you're in, whether or not, you know, you got a boo, no boo, you're not married, don't have kids. Like, whatever it is that you wanted in life, it's okay to be disappointed that you're not there, but also you have to embrace that that's not your timeline and so this is in the last episode and i will say this honestly until i fucking die that's probably gonna be my closing quote in my deathbed trust your timeline please <laughs> so i don't know where the accent came from um but it's just it's scary it's dangerous sometimes because it puts us in a really dark headspace but i think that you have to have faith uh and trust that this is where you are meant to be at this moment right now but just keep hustling keep working hard uh, and it's going to be okay. I don't know when it's going to be okay, but it will be. <laughs> uh, and that concludes today's topic, which is the quarter life crisis. Um, we're in it together. You know, we can hold each other's hand through it and it's going to be fine. Um, as always, guys, you know, let me know what topics you want me to cover, what could be interesting, what could be fun. My brain can only have so many ideas, so come on through and inspire me. <laughs> And as always, guys, do what inspires you. Do what makes you happy. And farewell. I will see you. I guess you. I won't see you because it's the podcast. I will see you next week. But whatever. Bye.